0: Lord and in Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So you walked into the church today and if you've been here for a while you, you walk in and you see the offering envelopes for 2016 sitting right there in the atrium. As you walk in you're like ah, It's the money sermon. <laughs> it is. It is. And, and you know what? It's okay. It's okay. First of all um, Jesus talks about money a lot. Jesus talks about money more than anything else else. He really does. Jesus talks about money more than he talks about love. It's weird, huh? You think he could talk about love, or prayer, or uh, sharing good news. He talks about all those things, but he talks about money more than he talks about all those. And I think the reason for that is because Jesus knows us. And he knows that, that treasure, Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus is concerned about you and your heart and all of you. And so he's like, okay, to kind of direct this, to steer this ship, got to talk about about money. But the sad truth is, is that there have been pastors in the history of the church who have abused this topic. There have been pastors who have been more concerned about building up their own kingdom than God's kingdom. And so as we walk through this topic, we're going to talk about some some caveats. And we'll also be up front with you and just let you know about this, about our congregation. Our budget is an open book. So the congregation votes on the budget. You know where every dime is going. And you have authority over that. And we feel that's important here. We feel that if we ask you to be generous, we should tell you where it's going. And not to say, well, it's going to these large areas we don't tell you we give you a line item of where everything's going so that you know you know and then have the authority to approve it or disapprove it that's how this church works and always has and by the grace of God always will until he returns and we don't need the budget anymore right that'd be a good day until then we'll talk about money and we'll talk about it in, in some key points here uh, many of them highlighted in our scripture reading the first one is this Give deliberately. As Charlie read for us in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, Paul writes, Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. See, giving is, is a planned event. Giving isn't random. Giving isn't uh, the offering basket comes by and you're like, Oh, man, what do I got throw it in, you know? Uh, it's, it's a planned event. And giving involves prayer and intention. And because of that, we're doing something new here. A lot of churches do it. This is the first time for us. And your bulletins there, go ahead and pull out. You'll see a pledge card. <clears throat> you should see a pledge card in your bulletin. Okay, it's in there. Good, fantastic. Go ahead and take a look at that. It's, uh, again, it's new to us, but it's very common in a lot of churches. I want you to take those home and pray about it. There's lots of different sections there. One of the things is about ministry. And uh, as someone said to me, he goes, what if I circle all of them? I'm like, well, yeah, you could. <laughs> you could. But if you're not involved in the ministry, think about one. It's about prayer. It's about giving intentionally of your time in prayer uh, to our congregation into to this valley. It's about being intentional about the gifts that God has given to you and saying, Lord, these gifts of my time, of my talent, and of my treasure, Lord, I'm going to be intentional about how I use those in service to you. And so I'd like to take those cards home. Pray over those things. If you're married, talk about your spouse, about those cards. And then when you give, you give deliberately, with intention. And that way, giving's not done out of guilt Or a feeling of obligation. In fact, I'll just say this here. If if the offering basket comes by and you feel guilty, don't give. If the offering basket comes by and you're like, "Ah," don't give. Because you haven't prayed about it yet. Because giving is, is deliberate, it's intentional. And not just any intention or any motive, but it's a cheerful motive. Imagine, we're like, we'll now take the offer. And everyone goes, yeah! You laugh. I've seen it. So uh, when I was at seminary, this first year of seminary, I'd been going to Sem for, gosh, a couple months. And my wife taught for Head Start in inner city St. Louis. And how many of you been to inner city St. Louis? How many actually stayed in inner city St. Louis? It's a rough town. It's rough. And my wife worked there for Head Start. And one of her coworkers invited us to what they call a friends and family service. We're like, oh, sounds cool. So we, we show up, and she told us the wrong time. So we park in front of the church, and nobody's there. This is a part of St. Louis, you don't want to park and just hang out. And we're sitting there looking around going, what, what do we do now? And this guy walks to our car. And he walks up, and we're like, okay. And we roll down the window, you know, and he's like, hi, I'm, I'm so-and-so's wife. She told you the wrong time. <laughs> but she sent me here to open up the church for you. We're like, oh, cool. So he, he, we walk out, and we go to the church. He goes, I can go back and get my family, but I'll be right back. Locks us in the church. Because <laughs> it was this type of neighborhood. sitting there waiting. We were about an hour early, and we're sitting there waiting. People are kind of coming in eventually, eventually, and, and after a while, this, this gentleman comes up to me and goes, I hear you're a pastor. I'm like, no, no, I'm a seminary student. He goes, you're a pastor here. Welcome, Reverend Haynes. Welcome, <laughs> welcome, Reverend Haines. I'm like, okay, sure. So they start the service, and it's a traditional African-American service. I mean, there's clapping, there's singing, you know, the place is just, it's fantastic. And the guy says, he goes, I'd like to invite all the pastors, come on up. All the pastors, come on up. And you, Reverend Haynes, you come on up here too. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm, I'm not a reverend. I'm, I've taken four classes. I'm not a reverend. <laughs> I haven't even passed those classes yet. I'm still in those four classes. So we walk up, and they had, like, chairs up front. And this church, it's, it's all volunteers. There's no, it's no paid leadership. They're volunteering. And then they say, well, now take the offering. And the music starts. And people get up. And they don't pass the offering basket. They have the offering basket in the front. People hold it. And the congregation walks up to give their offering. And they're dancing. They clap in and they give the offering. And the pastors go first. I'm like... I'm a SEM student. I'm, a, I'm I don't even have any money in my wallet. I, I look up, I got a buck. I'm like, yes, thank you, Lord. I got a buck. Put it in. right? <laughs> right? right? And uh, they gave cheerfully. So I thought we should do that today. We're going to retake the offering. We'll put it at the front here. We'll all dance and shit. And then I went, you know what? There's too many whites and Hispanics here. We have no rhythm. We'd be like clap <laughs> One, three, two. We wouldn't know how to do it right. We'd be good. <laughs> but give cheerfully. Again, if, if, you, if you can't have a smile on your face when you're giving to God, then don't give. Don't give. You're, you're not there yet. It's okay. Pray about it. Pray about it. When the offering basket comes along and you're not like, oh, cool. You're not ready yet. Don't give. Don't give. But not only do we give cheerfully and deliberately, God also invites us to give generously. It says this in 2 Corinthians 9. (laughs) Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. When we give to God, we give generously because God is generous. That great passage in John 3.16, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave. He gave his one and only son. So that whoever believes in him won't perish but have eternal life. I have two sons. You can't have them. Or my daughter, you can't have her either. <laughs> That is a generous gift. Jesus Christ gives his life for you and for me so that we might be his. So that in this world we might have hope. In this world we might have a joy that endures and a grace that is a foundation. God is generous. And not just the big things. God gives all the little things to A roof over our heads and a car that starts. Lord God, thank you. He gives all good gifts. It's a story about a group of scientists. And they, um, they, they thought they were so smart because they could create life from dirt just like God. And so they challenged God to a contest. They said, God, we want to challenge you. We will create life just like you did. And God, because He's merciful, shows up. And God shows up to the table and pulls out a jar of dirt. And the scientists show up on their end at the table and they pull out their jar of dirt. And God says, "No, no, no. Go get your own dirt." <laughs> God gives all things. <laughs> Everything we have is His, and we are trustees. We're just using His. his we're using God's stuff. And God says, use it. Enjoy it. Have a great time with it. But a portion, give back. A portion, give back. And how do you know when you're being generous? You know because it's a sacrifice. And that's the next one. Give sacrificially and proportionally. That giving to God is a statement about the grace of God in your life. And if you're giving to God doesn't make a difference in your monthly budget you don't notice it in your monthly budget and if you don't have a budget then go get one because you need a budget right? But if it doesn't make a difference in your budget if you don't notice it then it's not sacrificial See, the Old Testament they started out at 10% they said bring a tithe, that's 10% and that's where it started from and then it grew with additional offerings from there New Testament never mentions that never ever does And I think the reason is just because, when it's once it's told what you need to give, it's really hard to give cheerfully and joyfully. You know, it's really hard to give with grace as a motivation because you're like, oh yeah, it's it's like dues, it's like union dues. Here you go, thank you, thank you, whatever, great, thank you so much. New Testament never says ten percent. For some of you here, ten percent would be just enormous. I mean, it's not possible for some of you here. It just isn't. And so God says, give sacrificially, proportionally to what God's given to you. Some of you here could give 10% and not notice. And God says, you know what, God? He's asking you to give more because he's blessed you generously. And so God invites us to give sacrificially and proportionally. When our family first moved here, we weren't giving 10%. Because we, we moved here from Southern California and we sold we sold this little tiny house. It was a thousand square feet. Five of us in one thousand square feet. I could stand in my backyard and spit and hit the neighbor's house. You know? It was just you know, California suburb, everyone on top of each other. And so we sold our house for an obscene amount of money and moved here and went, we can get like space and so we bought this house two times two and a half times the size of what we lived in California and we're like yeah we got space this is fantastic what a great place to live and then we went to the grocery store (laughs) and I'll never forget it my wife came back and she's, she's crying and I said what's wrong she goes I didn't even buy meat. (laughs) I said, come on, it can't be that bad. And I looked at the receipt, and I said, what'd you buy? (laughs) It was horrible. And all of a sudden we learned, oh yeah, the cost of living here is really expensive. (laughs) And we had bought too much house. We did. And so over the years, we've been trying to adjust that. and, And right now, we're in the process of of subdividing our house because we got one going off to college next year. <laughs> yeah. We're like, we don't need so much space. So God has blessed us with this house. And we're going to subdivide it, rent out a portion, you know, a portion of it and then use what we have and so we can be more generous. That's what we're going to do because God's gifted us that. That's just a gift. That house is just a gift and we're so thankful. We want to use it uh, in graciously and and thanksgiving to God. The other one is to give expectantly. In Malachi chapter 3 the prophet writes this Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this says the Lord Almighty and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will be not room enough to store it. When we give we expect God to bless us back. We expect it. Now, that blessing may not be financial. I mean, God's not a Ponzi scheme, all right? I give 100, I get 200 back. It's not how God works. But when we give, we give expecting God to bless. And God does that in a number of ways. One, we grow in God's providing. When we give, we realize, wow, God does provide. I, I thought this was going to hurt, and it didn't hurt so much because God provided. And we, we grow in that. And that's huge. And as we grow in God's providing, we, we, money's hold on us grows less. And that's awesome. And the second thing is this, as you grow in being a part of God's kingdom. You say, Lord God, you are using me to bless what you are doing. And I love how, how that's phrased. I heard a pastor pray like that a number of years ago and I've, I've gone, that's the way to do it. So So often we say, Lord God, please bless what we are doing. I think that's the wrong way to pray. Because God is doing the work. God is actor and invites us to participate. So instead we pray, Lord God, enable us to bless what you are doing. And there's lots of ways of doing that. One of those ways is financially. Lord God, can we bless what you are doing in this valley, in this community? In Cuba, around the world, Lord God, can we bless what you are doing and play a part? In? Because you are generous. Paul writes this in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that through his poverty you might become rich. Jesus Christ is just generous. Imagine, imagine a Christmas, you're gathered around the tree, and Jesus walks in for your Christmas celebration, and you're like, oh, bummer, I didn't plan on this, but come on in, Jesus. Jesus. Sits down, you get some hot chocolate. You start passing out the gifts. Jesus gives you a present. And in this box is life. In this box is is hope. In this box is the roof over your head and the people around you. It's all there. Lord Jesus, what can I give you in return? Jesus says, you can't give me anything in return. Because here's, here's the, the enigma of the gospel. Jesus Christ freely died and rose for you. You owe him nothing. But this is also true. Jesus Christ freely died and rose for you. We owe him everything. those two truths we live and and move and and have our being because God is generous and we are his. Amen? Amen. May the peace of God which passes all understanding may it guard your hearts and minds in him for life everlasting. Amen. So worship team comes up here. Let's just pray. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you that, that you are generous. And then you give everything. Our families, our friends, Lord, employment, shelter. You give us forgiveness day in and day out. You give us hope and a future. Lord Jesus, you are generous. Thank you for the privilege of being a part of your kingdom.